Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with one rental at a time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag one rental at a time. Now on with the show. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. Michael Zuber, one rental at a time, back with his 10-year Wall Street veteran, Taylor from Life Goal Investments. How you doing, buddy? Doing great. Thanks so much for having me, as always. I appreciate you, Michael. Oh, uh, this is so much fun for me. I, you know, I have a lot of fun, and I learn a lot of stuff, so thank you so much for coming back every week. We have a huge week. There are two big things that happen this week. I'm going to ask you about both and see uh, what you think. Obviously, we have uh, midterm elections tomorrow. I think Again, based on the betting market, the Republicans will take at least one, if not both, which will give us the split government, which I think is net positive for the market, net positive for the economy. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, I totally agree. I, I, I was looking at the betting markets literally this morning, and it looks like there's a 74% chance that they will take both the House and the Senate. It doesn't necessarily make a big difference if they take both. They need to take one or the other. And what that will do is create a stalemate. And a stalemate is a good thing in the market's eyes. The market wants certainty. The market doesn't want the entire political agenda to be driven by one of the two political parties because you can swing towards extremes. And, you know, we don't necessarily know how that always plays out. Looking back at a little further context, what you have is, and we put a poll out on Instagram last week about this, and the answers came in. Uh, overwhelmingly wrong. So if you just look at presidency and you look at Republican versus Democratic presidency, the market actually prefers a Democratic president. Historically, over the last 100 years, you've seen better returns in the stock market from a Democratic and, and actually relatively sizable in that. But when you parse it down even further than that, what you see is you want a Democratic president and you want to split Congress. So you want that Democratic figurehead and the split Congress of one or both parties being controlled by the Republican House or the, by the Republican Party. Yeah. Yeah. The data is pretty, pretty uh, interesting when you kind of slice and dice it that way. So I think Tuesday is an important day for the country. But I actually think from the economy, the important numbers Thursday. Yep. CPI. So we're going to play the game of headline and core again. Uh, I've got to ask, are you going to put your neck on the line and once again, tell us we're going to have a seven on the headline number? No, I, I told you no. this last time. I, I told you this last time. Yeah, yeah, get ready. Because I think we're going to take the over on this one. And I haven't oh. said the over. I haven't said the over yet, right? So right. Um, the sticky parts of inflation have remained. So you have the, the labor, the, the shelter, et cetera. But the diabolical parts have actually increased over the last month. Yeah. And, and, yeah. And, and, and going into the month of the data that's captured too. Yeah. So oil you've seen and- oil commodities start to pop back up. And that could really bleed through into, again, all the transportation costs, as well as the food costs that are, again, such a diabolical portion of what the headline CPI number is. Um, I, I don't like this. I, I wish I was still on the undercamp, but I'm not anymore. And, Welcome and now to it's the party. Good. Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Welcome to the party. You've been, you've been you know, staunchly in the other camp, you moron. <laughs> I didn't say it. I didn't say it. <laughs> you said it with your eyes. You said it with your eyes. <laughs> my heart, my heart. <laughs> So let me give you the numbers, right? Expectations uh, currently are 8%. Uh, last month was 8.2, and I'm calling 8.3 for headline. We'll do core next. So uh, where are you in, in that kind of swath of things? I, I think that's fair. I think it stays flat. So I'll, I'll call 8.2 because I think okay. that it, 
stays flat. You've, you've had some chewing through of some of the data, but again, some of that uh, more volatile data is coming in the wrong direction, unfortunately. Yeah. So then we go to core, which again, two months ago, I called as the most important number and it would it proved to be correct. I still think it's all about core. I believe expectations are six, five. Uh, last month was six, six. I'm calling six, six. Uh, where are you in all of that? I, I actually think that we could start to get a reprieve in core. Core is laggard. And so, uh, you know, what we're seeing now is a lot of rollover in kind of the, the, the labor market starting to tip on us a little bit. You saw unemployment tick up, not meaningfully, but it went from three, five to three, seven. So mm -hmm. you're getting that. Um, you're also starting to see, I mean, it's been a while since we've hit all time highs on housing prices. Housing Perfect. prices have been coming down for some time now. Yeah. Now, I know there is a massive laggard effect on that, but I think you'll start to see that bleed through to the housing market, to the rental okay. market, et cetera. It might not be there yet. So this is this is really weird because I've been under on most things. So I'm saying now under on core, but the volatile portions of it are have bounced so much that the headline number, I'm still coming in above. Yeah, I, I, yeah on the headline, I think you're right. I think, uh, you know, again, we... They doctored or, or managed or whatever the the oil and gas number for a few months, which made it feel better. We're gonna have to buy that. But I I, I think I read a number where at like fifty four percent capacity on the strategic reserve or something scary like that. We eventually got to fill that thing back up. We're uh, we're having real issues in this country right now when it comes to diesel fuel. Diesel fuel twenty five days or something. Yeah, and I so I don't know enough about the dynamics in that market, admittedly, to know how extreme 25 days is. Like, I, I'm not sure. You know, is it normally 50 and it's half? You know, like I don't know exactly. It's 31, what that is. right? I don't know. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You know, normally it's 26, so 25 is not a big deal. Yeah, um, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't know that either. But I, we've been talking about for six months now, the fact that diesel fuel has been stubbornly, stubbornly high. And so, you know, when does that start to abate? I don't know. And again, I, I, I wish I had a little better education, a little better background about the input costs of what goes in the diesel and what's causing it to be yeah. so highly inflated. It's it's weird. And, and this is something that everyone knows probably, but diesel's less refined than gas is. Yeah. So when you take a barrel of oil out of the ground, it takes more work to make it into a gasoline product for a car than it does the diesel, yeah. you know, consumed. Yeah. It, it just doesn't make a ton of sense to me on the on the you know the, the surface level. But anyway, yeah, there's something there that I don't understand either. And again, I I see lots of notes about 25 days. If anybody knows or has a source that highlights what the average used to be, I'd love to hear it because again. If the average used to be 26 and now it's 25, I'm not so concerned. <laughs> but if the average used to be 79 and it's 25, I might be a little more concerned. So if anybody has a, a trusted source for that, I'd love to see it. Uh, but yeah, CPI is a big number because again, you know, let's just play the other side. Let's say we're both wrong and it comes in magically lower. You know, it's seven eight headline and six one core. I think that could give the Fed the permission to start slowing in December. Right now, given my calls of being higher, I think it's I think they hit us one more time with 75. I do think December is the last 75, and I think everything else is death by a million cuts later. Um, but what do you think of that logic? Yeah, I think that you're probably right because again, I, I think it comes in over, and well, I guess I'd say that it comes in over, and then I said core comes in under. So I, I guess I'll say that it's going to be 50 or 75. Um, I'll say that it's going to be 50. Um, and that, I, again, I think what they alluded to in the last statement, whether Powell came out and, and smacked them around after in his comments or not, he alluded to the fact that we know they have to go higher for a longer period of time. In, in the long run, they have to be higher. 
but they did make it sound like they were going to be a little bit more patient in the short term to see what bleeds through from what they've already done. So I think what he maybe kind of referred to there or, or, or kind of uh, foreshadowed there is potentially a lesser jump in December or it stays at 75. I mean, I, I wouldn't say you're crazy to say that by any means. And the back end ones after that come down um, from what, what was prior expected. I think it's all about this. I want to be very clear. If the, the CPI number for this month, this week comes out higher than expected, we're getting 75. Because the other thing that was said in the statement and in his presser is he needs to see multiple consecutive months of, of improving data. Uh, yep. If we don't, because again, if we get a higher number and then for whatever reason, the December number is lower, that's not going to be enough. He's going to hit with 75. So Right. Uh, and, we, and we didn't talk at all about the jobs number either because the job number yeah, came out ahead. on Friday, right? So the jobs were expected to be increased. Uh, the, the, the hiring rate was, it was yeah, 200,000. And we came yeah. in at 263. Yeah. Yep, exactly. So that's that was a massive uptick. And, and it was a little funny because you also had the increase in the unemployment rate. So some of that offset a little bit there. And they do, he did very clearly also say that the most important number to him on the employment data front is the unemployment number. He said if there's one full stop number that they look at, it is the unemployment rate. So that ticked up, which is it's hard to say that unemployment's good, but that ticked yeah. up, which is a good thing in their mind. It does mind. feel weird, yeah, to say. Yeah, yeah. It's a, I always wanted to, like, and maybe we'll put a poll out on this on our Instagram, but, like, what do people feel more comfortable with, high inflation or high unemployment? Like, Because it seems to me that, like, high unemployment is more bothersome to me, but, and I get it, it's all rate of change and unemployment's super low right now, so getting it to tick up some is is what they're looking for, but high unemployment rings, like, real recession to me, whereas, Prices going up don't necessarily mean that, but maybe that's just the forecaster into a recession is, is probably better. Uh, yeah, I think if I think a, uh, I think we need to see an Instagram poll. Come on, Taylor, step up. Don't you run Got this it, done. or something? After this, bang, we'll we'll put uh, it up on there right away. I'm serious. Right. It's easy, easy to do, and it's fun. People like people like weighing in and see what the results are. Yep. So, folks, if you're watching this video, go to his Instagram page. What is it? At Life Goal Investments on Instagram. So at Life awesome. Goal Investments. Thank you so much.